the VO Meter, measuring your voiceover progress. Whether you're a veteran voice actor, just starting out, or don't even know how to set a level, we're here to help you avoid the pitfalls along your voiceover path to success. The VO Meter is brought to you by Voice Actor Websites, Voice123, Studio Bricks, Global Voice Acting Academy, JMC Demos, and Sennheiser. The Video Meter is produced in part using Source Connect, made by source-elements.com. And now, your hosts, Paul Stefano and Sean Daly. How many times has this happened to you? You're listening to the radio when this commercial comes on, not unlike this one, and this guy starts talking, not unlike myself. Or maybe it's a woman that starts talking, not unlike myself, and you think to yourself, geez, I could do that. Well, mister, well, missy, you just got one step closer to realizing your dream as a voiceover artist, because now there's Global Voice Acting Academy. All the tools and straight-from-the-hip, honest information you need to get on a fast track to doing this commercial yourself. Well, not this one exactly. Classes, private coaching, webinars, home studio setup, marketing and branding help, members-only benefits like workouts, rate and negotiation advice, practice scripts, and more. All without the kind of hype you're listening to right now. Go ahead, take our jobs from us. We dare you. Speak for yourself, buddy. I like what I do. And you will, too, when you're learning your craft at Global Voice Acting Academy. Find us at globalvoiceacademy.com. Because you like to have fun. Studio Bricks designs and creates the highest-performing portable sound isolation booths. Their professionally perfected acoustics enhances your performance and takes your recording to their maximum quality from your home studio. Forget about managing noise conflicts with your neighbors and family. Pursue your passion for voiceover on your own time and on your own terms. Walgreens, because it's flu season, you live in a place with doorknobs and handrails and, you know, people. We tried booking a vacation rental on one of those other websites. They don't always tell you everything. The stars take it to the red carpet. We are back live from the red carpet. California leads the way for change in America, and so does Kamala Harris. Rated M for Mature. Claire Redfield. And who exactly are you? So, yeah, what hashtag should I use to describe a grown man in a tuxedo wrestling a goat? And prior to 1933, many of them belonged to a variety of political parties that were now outlawed in Germany. This is the story of how Q got curly. Quinn was crazy about curls. Curly fries, curly straws, curly-haired dogs. Hey, Jay Michael here. Thanks for listening to the VO Meter Podcast. It's one of my favorites. If you're looking for a great demo like the ones you just heard, check out jmcdemos.com for more information. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 105 of the VO Meter. Measuring your voice over progress. So it's been a little while since we've done an episode. Paul and I have just been really busy with the holiday season and, and all of that and the new year. But we had this idea to switch things up a little bit and do what we have affectionately call a, a piss fest. <laughs> so, Paul, could you care to elaborate? <laughs> yeah, well, aside from uh, the holidays and, and being busy, one of the reasons, honestly, I haven't wanted to do an episode is because I'm kind of nauseous from all the pro- self-promotion and talking on social media, including us, and we've been guilty of it in the past too. So I kind of put a, a self-imposed hiatus because I was sick of all the vomiting self-promotion all over so, uh, social media. And that's what we're going to talk about today is how, uh, in my opinion, it's become a bit of a cesspool 
and not only just the VO community, but just in general, of self-promotion and people preening for likes and uh, exposure on their, their content, I'm making air quotes. And uh, I don't know how much more of it I can take, so we're going to talk about that today. Yeah, it's a really interesting subject. In case you hadn't guessed, we're, we're kind of focusing the argument on, on social media itself, because it's you see this idea that it's it's something we all need, right? You have to have an online presence. You have to be on all of the relevant sites like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, right? And it can be really overwhelming if social media is not something you really understand or enjoy participating in. It can be really discouraging to feel like you have this whole other world of quote-unquote social media marketing that you need to engage in. Yeah, and feel forced to do it. For instance, I've, I've totally stopped commenting on people's birthdays, which I realize is a terrible hill to die on because some people probably enjoy that. And my own birthday is coming up in three days. <laughs> so I'll probably, <laughs> I'll probably become a complete hypocrite by looking at the things people post on my own wall. But I couldn't keep up with all the birthdays that Facebook was telling me I had to comment on for people I hadn't either talked to in years or don't even really know. There was this giant list daily of 10 to 15. And sometimes I would look at that and say, I don't even know who the hell that is. Why would I comment on their birthday? So I completely stopped doing that. I mean, I've I've had an account or like say Facebook account for for over a decade now. And I've built up like I've got hundreds of contacts like that that I've met through VO because I was very excited to meet all the other professional talent I could. and, And some of those were... VO idols of mine, like Patrick Fraley, for example. Uh, and and so, like, when you start, it, it'd be really easy to get enthusiastic and reaching out to as many people as you can. And I'm a friendly guy, and I like to help people, so I did that. But like you said, it becomes such a, like, I mean, there's birthdays every day, and then when it's your birthday, I get, like, 500 happy birthdays. And, like, years ago, I used to, like, write back everyone. And, like, now, I'm like, I, maybe I'll do a single post to thank everyone. But it's just, it's so inundating, and it, it's so easy to lose time, like, engaging with it. Yeah, I was just looking at my Facebook. It's only Facebook. My I have 2,012 friends, and I've actually cut back a few in the recent days and weeks because, uh, well, the reason we just talked about it, I was sick of seeing their shit most <laughs> for the most part. <laughs> and not not people I'm friends with, actual friends, but just people, I, like I said before, I had no idea who they were. Their stuff was in my feed every single day, sometimes every hour, and I would just hit either unfollow or unfriends. But I still have 2,000 quote-unquote friends on Facebook, which is absurd. Yeah, it's nuts. And so kind of... um backing up a little bit. We kind of started this discussion because of a post we saw in the VoiceOver Pros group, which is uh, moderated by by Terry Daniel. He had the following thought. So he was saying that, over the years, I've noticed that there are two distinct industries in voiceover work, the traditional voiceover industry and the social media voiceover industry. I've spoken with several successful talent who have never heard of the conferences, VO groups, Clubhouse, and other programs that we're supposed to be a part of. This isn't meant to criticize anything, it's just an observation. I realized this when I talked to some professional VO artists who have decided that social media should not be a part of their busy lives. And I often wonder if we could have more success if we followed in their footsteps. Your thoughts? 
And so Paul reached out to me. He's just like, oh, man, look at the dumpster fire on Facebook. <laughs> just, I actually reached out to Terry, too, both... when I saw that and said, hey, mm-hmm. we're gonna we're doing this episode. You want to come on? He never responded, so I guess he doesn't really care, and that's fine with me because uh, we've been talking about other stuff all weekend. So we're recording this on a mm-hmm. Monday, and I've been texting with Terry all weekend. So I guess he wasn't interested in participating, which, again, is totally fine with me, but uh, I'm mm-hmm. glad you put that out there. Well, yeah, I mean, we'll be quoting people from the discussion throughout this episode, but it's just like, because there's some really interesting opinions. And, and as you might guess, there's there's some pros to being that, in, or to using it as a marketing tool. And of course, there's plenty of cons and caveats to using it, just like any other business tool. So Sean actually yeah. very eloquently wrote out some talking points, which is always good because I'm a preparation mess and it's good to actually have some, some prep for the show. So the first one in, in his list is... How much time do you spend on social media and with whom? Is it clients, fellow VOs, aspirational fans? And when you're doing that, are you getting good info or are you just sort of shouting out in the echo chamber? And I have some thoughts on this, but since you wrote it, you want to start? Yeah, yeah. And and, and just to clarify, like the, this term echo chamber is basically when you find a group of similar-minded individuals and you're kind of just repeating everyone's same thoughts, right? It's not a place to gain knowledge and grow necessarily. It's just finding a bunch of people who already agree with you. So it's just most of uh, the voiceover so, specific groups on social media or or threads on either threads or Twitter. That it's, that's basically what those are. Exactly. Exactly. And so I just wanted to clarify that point. What were your thoughts on it, Paul? Well, I definitely was spending too much time in those groups and Part of it was, like you said, trying to meet people. And I think in the beginning, some of it was to sort of toot my own horn to sort of get out there in the community. And I feel like I did that, especially with this podcast. We we did become almost sort of pseudo-celebrities in that small echo chamber of the VO groups, mm-hmm. which is that cottage part of the industry Terry was talking about, where everyone is going to the same conferences, they're in the same groups, they're participating in the same clubhouses. We did sort of become sort of celebrities where people would reach out to us and say, hey, I love your show. Or they come up to us at the conference and say, you've done so much for us with the, with the podcast. And that was cool to an extent. But I have to say, lately, I've been shying away from that, too. I've been getting, I still get a fair amount of either Facebook requests, LinkedIn messages, or flat out emails from people every week asking advice. And I, can't, I, I really don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> I don't yeah, offer, it, I can't I mean, offer it, anything concrete other than I say, you know what, I'm not a coach. Here are some people that you should reach out to and or go listen to the podcast. It's really, I put all of our effort into that. Sean and I both, I put so much effort in that. Go listen to the podcast and then come back after that if you really want to talk. And almost never does anyone reach out to me after that. Mm-hmm. Homework. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But that's the thing. It's just like, I mean, we, it's so easy. Like I used to be like, I mean, people accuse me of being generous to a fault, but it's like anytime someone had a question about audio or performance or who to coach with or whatever, I had to get my two cents in and, like, yeah, I and offer some too. help. And and part of that, you're right, it's, it's like it's a desire to help, but it might be tooting your own horn and showing your expertise a little bit. It's so easy to do when you get started because you're just learning, right? There's no there's no deadlines. There's no responsibility. There's no expectations. And you and I have been doing this for over a decade now. And so we have a finite number of hours in the day. We're actually doing the thing that we sought out to do. And we can't spend as much time just being, like, philanthropic with our knowledge. Yeah. 
And another thing, while I'm shaking my fist at the young kids from my old man lawn, I, I always get uh, negative feedback, almost always. So even when I was trying to be helpful, there would always be that one person who would chime in and say, no, that's not right. You know what you're talking about. Here's what really is going on. And that would piss me off to no end because here I am. Uh, you have a decade of experience. I, I'm Technically, mine is eight years of experience in actual working, but over 30 years of training and learning the business, if you go all the way back to my undergraduate degree in, in, uh, in broadcasting, and then there's some newbie who has no idea what they're talking about saying, I'm wrong. And that would just be so frustrating. And that makes you just want to give up altogether. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. It's just like, it's one of the reasons why it is such a time suck is that you have everyone sharing their opinions and there's really no way to efficiently vet them, to, to vet all this information. I mean, for me, I spent a lot of time reading and listening to the conversations before I started to participate. So I tried to follow a lot of like trends and in, in, in agreed upon ideas. But even so, you'll still find people throw in maybe something that's particularly very esoteric, like, say, applying audiobook processing to a video game character, <laughs> like, you know. But but again, it's like if you're new and you don't know what you don't know, you have no idea how to separate the wheat from the chaff. Yeah. I think I guess this goes to your next point, the conscious versus unconscious use. So in some cases, I think it is conscious where people really are on social media trying to make themselves look good and then there's other times where people are meaning well but they're either i don't know how to describe they're either not good at communicating or it doesn't come across <laughs> well in print because you can't you can't get body language and tone when you're just typing something out on the keyboard mm -hmm. and that's another like like you said it's like we can't gauge intent or tone as well as we might be able to if this was like or if this was an in-person or even in like a video call you know so that's another element is like i think i understand what you're saying but there's the room for misinterpretation yeah and i get this a lot because even in person people describe me as having rbf or resting bitch face so <laughs> most people think i'm just an asshole all the time and to some extent that's true i <laughs> <laughs> you be like people hate maybe it's American thing, but they struggle with bluntness and directness. Like, I mean, like you said, you immediately get accused of being a jerk if you're just if you cut to brass tacks with some people. Yeah. And I used to think that was a bad thing. But now that I have a an 18 year old daughter who is exactly like me, I think I raised her right. <laughs> <laughs> Keeps you humble, doesn't it? <laughs> and it, it's kept her safe, honestly. Like she's she's alone right now at college. And um She's living very well, independently, uh, hardly ever calls us, is, is doing her own thing because I raised her to be self-sufficient and doubting and smart, street smart. So I think that's a good thing. No, absolutely. I agree. So we mentioned some of the issues like that, that happen, like namely when you're confronted with all these differing viewpoints, there can be analysis paralysis and separating the wheat from the chaff and all the time that goes into that. But there's some other issues that can come up too. Like, and I admit I was a little guilty of this too, but it's like the amount of time I spent and in, in the friends that I made before my career really take off, it can give you a sense of what I call the illusion of involvement, right? You're like, oh yeah, I participate in all these discussions and I'm at every clubhouse and I go to all the cons and, and rub elbows with all these people, but it doesn't really have any professional impact 
on me, you know. But I'm a sensitive little snowflake, so I can't deal with the idea that I'm not a pro VO yet. So, but again, it's it's this this denial, this illusion that you're involved in the VO industry that you want to be in, but it's a superficial involvement. Well, and here's where I'm going to play a little devil's advocate, actually, on this one, because I did the same thing, but maybe because I'm very good at networking, and I know it sounds really pompous, but it's true. I've always been good at building businesses locally, networking, but then also I took those same skills to the social network and then in-person conferences and trainings with VO. I have gotten a lot of referrals and direct jobs from all the people I saw uh, so-called rubbed elbows with, both figuratively and literally, uh, either from direct referrals, uh, contacts to casting sites or production houses or agencies. So I have gotten a lot of tangible but I would argue you're that. you're doing the legwork right that's beyond just participating in Facebook conversations and stuff like that that's you that's networking right yeah, that's yes. <laughs> that's that's the pro side of of this thing that we've been knocking for the last 20 minutes but <laughs> yeah so networking and, is a separate piece and you do have to put the effort in to make those results yes Mm-hmm. And the I guess the illusion of involvement comes in with this idea of what you call parasocial relationships, right? So this is something that happens with content creators as well as freelance creatives, people who have communities, who have fans, things like that, that, that communicate and have a rapport online. So this, this fan base, this community... People can delude themselves into thinking they have a closer personal relationship with some of these people than they really do, right? So I just think what you're doing is great. You're getting to know people. You're letting people know about what you're good at, how you can help out, and you're leaving a strong enough impression that people are referring you to work. So that's very different than fanboying or fangirling out about someone and just be like, oh, I talked to so-and-so. I'm part of the VO industry. (laughs) Yeah. So mm-hmm. there are people that I've met at every conference over the last six years, seven years, talked to online, commented on social media with, have broken bread with, who have been in all these situations, and I feel like haven't made a lick of progress in actual voiceover. And it's a shame because they're talented, they have the knowledge, and if they had just put in a little bit more legwork, they could be light years ahead of where they are now and probably ahead of me too. And there's, I don't know, there's that time suck element, right? It's fun and easy to engage in these conversations and feel like you're making progress. But again, you have to ask yourself, is that the reality or is that denial? It is really tough. I mean, it's sales 101. You have to ask for the business, even if it's if the business is relationship or a referral. You have to ask for the referrals. I, I have been blessed. Well, it was a lot of hard work and years of making no money, but I have had lots of sales training on how to make that jump from the casual conversation to the appointment or then even an actual sale or referral. But it can be really tough if you're not used to it. Mm-hmm. And so this kind of segues into our next point. And this is one of the really frustrating elements of, of this social media community is that VOs with debatable expertise and experience are selling to other VOs as self-proclaimed gurus, right? So maybe they don't have a lot of experience, maybe they don't have a recognizable career, but they're still offering classes, workshops, webinars, uh, things like that, and selling themselves as an expert, as a guru, right? So I know 
this has rubbed me the wrong way. I know it's definitely rubbed you the wrong way. So tell us about it. Yeah, again, it's a bit of a double-edged sword because I've done both. I've been a presenter at conferences, and full disclosure, I will be a presenter at One Voice USA this summer, although maybe not after this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. I'm set to be a presenter on, uh, on live announcing, which is something I do have some expertise in and I've done a lot of, but your your mileage may vary. So I think there are instances where there are discernible skills that you can teach, even if it's not specifically about a, spe- a specific VO skill. So uh, I'm thinking of Bridget Reel's company, um, VO, VAs for VOs. Uh, yeah, VA for VO, VOs yeah, for virtual VOs. assistants. Uh, and I'm not sure if the, she owns the company herself, but she has it with um, uh, Miranda Ellis and a couple other people where they actually are offering a service as virtual assistants, I think Lindaris is involved too, where they're offering virtual assistance to voiceovers. That's a perfectly uh, marketable skill and service that you can market to people. But I do feel like there are some other people out there who are selling themselves as coaches for specific genres, and it's hard for me to take them seriously when they've only, I know they've only been doing it for two to three years. There's another mm-hmm. instance of somebody who is teaching a class on quoting rates. And six months ago, this person, after unfriending me on Facebook, sent me a message on Facebook. And it was lo- almost lost in my, my spam because they, we weren't friends anymore because they had unfriended me, asking me for rate advice. And then a couple months later, they're teaching a class on rates. That just blows my mind how, how you can have the audacity to do that when you may still have questions yourself. How can you be an expert if you're asking other people in the industry for advice? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's like, uh, what is it? It's like the Marge Simpson school of thought for education. You just got to be one lesson ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It just shows how bizarre it it can be. I mean, on the one hand, like, there's nothing wrong with educating your peers on things that you're, like, good at teaching, right? So, I mean, actors have, have taught since time immemorial. But again, it's just it's vetting your resources and being sure that you have a worthwhile product to sell before you push it on your compatriots. Yeah, just to back that up, I'm not saying you have to be an expert at everything within the voiceover world to be to be a teacher. That's not what I'm saying. And I'll take it back to the sports world again. There are lots of successful managers in baseball, coaches in football that never made it to the pros. They're just good at teaching. And I don't, I don't necessarily believe in those who can't do teach. I think there are people who are good at teaching things that they aren't, weren't necessarily wildly monetarily successful at in the business world. I think you can do both. So as you mentioned before, we uh, we pulled some quotes from this post on on kind of getting people's different perspectives. And one that I really like, someone just kind of wrapped up, this isn't an all or nothing thing. This social media is going to work for some and not for others. And they put it very eloquently. They said, to some, social media is irrelevant to their business. To some, social media helps their business. And to some, social media is their business. So I love that because it's it just shows you that, like, yeah, you don't have to do this thing if it doesn't suit you. And some people use it as one aspect of their business. And some people build their entire voiceover or creative career around it. So it's kind of funny. Like, I was actually uh, kudos to Terry for keeping things pretty diplomatic and everyone in the, the chat as well. I thought 
like there was it, it was a lot of um, people kind of checked their judgments at the door and just like this is what my experience was this is what I feel and stuff like that there wasn't any real name calling or like this is shit you know <laughs> so I, I thought it was a wonderful conversation and it was really cool to hear so clearly laid out like yeah it might be completely irrelevant to your business you might use it a little bit or it might be everything so I thought that was pretty nice yeah and then along those lines another person someone who I've actually become really good friends with just from meeting online and then again at a conference so there are benefits but um they said if social media feels like extra work and drains you then why would you engage but if it feels like a creative outlet and a place to make connections then of course you would engage right so I feel like this person does it right, both in their, their words in this post and then in general. Because like I said, we've become pretty good friends. And that's something, like, and, and you, you do see a bit of a generational gap in some of the responses, I will admit. And But that's that's fine. It's just people are aware that how much the industry has changed in the last 20, 40 years, right? And for some people... The internet wasn't necessary to their career. They put their feet to the pavement, right? And they shook hands and, and like went to the agencies and built a career that's still going strong, right? But we are often fond of saying that the advice that worked 5, 10, 20 years ago doesn't apply to modern voice talent. And, and another consideration, too, is that people who are casting... Are, are much younger now so they grew up on the internet and they grew up on social media so they don't know other avenues of communication and they're going to look for talent on the avenues that they are familiar with like be it twitter now x discord facebook instagram or a combination of the above yeah and that's only going to get worse because <laughs> i mentioned the kids <laughs> i have the teenagers have no idea how to even make a phone call <laughs> to people yeah <laughs> like memorize a phone number are you kidding me and then to actually Word. call somebody and like i call my kids sometimes and they don't even say hello it's just dead air i'll say i'll, I'll dial the number and then i hear is hello are you there say hello when i call you this is when i'm talking to my sons or daughters <laughs> so that's it's only gonna get worse with the disconnect between old ways of communicating and new so, as we said before, it's not all negative. I mean, it is a tool like anything else, but it, it's a potentially time-sucky, dangerous tool that you need to consider. Um, kind of two points that I wanted to catch on. Like, I, I sort of talked about this before, but someone kind of expanded on, on Terry's input about there being only two industries and proposed a third one where... It's a group of people who spend all their time on social media, go to all the conferences, but never work. They may get coaching, tech consults, and marketing training, and they're probably even good enough to book. But they get stuck in this weird comfort zone where everything is purely theoretical, but somehow satisfies them. And I admit, this is kind of like my worst nightmare. It's just like, oh God, am I guilty of this? Have I done this? Do I want it? Like, how do I stop it? So <laughs> again, it's that having that awareness and being honest with yourself about your own progress, right? And your own involvement. So as we hinted at, it's it's not all negative. There are some positive benefits to social media. And we liked how one gentleman stated it like this. Thanks to social media, I've had the good fortune to meet literally hundreds of members of this fine group, and even some VO people who aren't in this group. So even if it brings me no business whatsoever... It's still worthwhile to me. And Paul, I know this one really resonated with you, so I'd love you to talk about that a little bit more. 
yeah, I've made some some lifelong friends from social media that I, I still have never met in person and quite a few that I've only met once or twice. You come to mind. <laughs> we were we were quite no, good absolutely. Friends. I mean, that's how we met. Like, I mean, it was was through the VOBB, right? The the VO Bulletin Board, yeah. and and my participation because I was very vocal on Facebook and stuff like that. You're like, oh, this guy might be a good candidate for a co-host. Yeah, and you were in Japan at the time when we first started. So uh, mm-hmm. when I when I first met you, and we started the podcast once you had moved back stateside, I think. But yeah, yeah, in 2016, we talked mm-hmm. for like a whole year before we ever met in person, and I thought we were pretty good friends even before that. So there's that. Um, Heather Masters comes to mind. She lives in Alaska. I've met her exactly twice, <laughs> and, and we're still good friends in, in, in real yeah. in real life. I mean, uh, our whole VO accountability group was like a like you know we had people at every corner of the U.S. Yeah, and even in business, I I met. My current uh, employer, who I work with part-time, Twin Flame Studios, I met those owners on Facebook, still have never met in person after six years of working with them. And, Amazing. And that's a tangible result of meeting somebody on social media, developing a relationship, and working with them. And all of my agents, except for two, I've never met in person. I, I've had, at, at different points, up to eight. I think I'm down to six, maybe. I've kind of lost count. But I've only ever met two in person. And um, they still send me auditions. So you can get results. You can meet lifelong friends and and make a career out of this. All are positive things that can come from being on social media. Um, just chill a little bit. Like, don't tell me everything you're doing all the time. <laughs> the biggest thing is, like, selling to your colleagues, right? Mm-hmm. So there's nothing wrong with selling with people who might benefit. But, like, it's it's, again... You might be selling to people who have no need for what you're selling and are far beyond like what your career will ever look like. So it, you just have to be conscious of your audience. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> so great, great points, and, and that's and I love this. I uh, the gentleman who made that quote about the, just the friendships that they've made. I've luckily have met them in person, and we talked about the same thing too. So it really is. In other words, like, what is this good for? It is good for community building, for building a network of like-minded people and stuff like that, as long as you kind of curate that and you're not part of every group and, and you're vetting the information that you see and stuff like that before jumping into every discussion and giving your two cents. But as Ben Franklin said, all things in moderation, both in person and online, do it that way and I think you'll be fine. So... We're going to keep participating, maybe a little bit less than before, but we're still out there. I still make comments every once in a while. They're usually shorter, and sometimes it gets me in trouble. Like someone will say, this is a good microphone, and I'll just say, no. (laughs) (laughs) I don't expand on it You didn't justify your experience with a lengthy paragraph? (laughs) Yeah, frankly, it's usually because I'm busy and I'm I'm trying to multitask, but every once in a while I'll send out a a more eloquent response and, and help people, but... Like I said, all things in moderation. Definitely keep listening to us if you feel like it after this. Who knows? Come see us at the conferences if we're still invited. <laughs> and we'll hope to connect again, in person. It's like we want, we want the podcast to be like our, uh, our mouthpiece, you know? And it, we don't want to delude our potential impact by answering a bunch of minor con- or like or individual conversations when we can just have this one resource that people can go to, you know? That's why I made my resource document, because I was tired of saying the exact same thing literally every day. 
If you want to be a guest, by the way, please reach out to us. You can reach me, Paul, at paulstefano.com. Or Sean Daly at sean at dailyvo.com. We'd love to have you on as a guest, even if you don't consider yourself a famous person in, in the VO world or don't think you have something to offer. You probably do. And we've had guests on who are just starting out in their career often in the past, and we'd love to do so again. Absolutely. Like we said, the way to enter this industry, there's no one size fits all, and people are finding new ways to do it every year. So we want to hear your story. Hey, Paul. Did you know Voice123, the largest online marketplace for voice actors, just celebrated its 20th year anniversary? Whoa, really? That's amazing. Doesn't really surprise me, though. I've used Voice123 since the beginning of my career. I remember way back in my first year where I booked a job as a hypnotist. I actually got to say, you are getting very sleepy on a radio ad. The whole thing was super easy. They even paid me right away for the audition and said that was all they needed. I've been a member of Voice123 for years as well. I've always enjoyed their upfront policies, ability to contact clients directly, and their commitment to the voiceover industry. Totally. CEO Rolf Veldman has appeared on the show before, and in every interaction I've had with him and the company, I've felt a sense of trust, like they really care. Well, if you want a great place to find your VO niche and find yourself as a voice actor, visit voice123.com for more information. Now, VO Meter listeners can also get 15% off premium tier memberships. For more information, visit our website and click on the Click Here to Save 15% banner on our sponsors page. Voice123, speak for yourself. In these modern times, every business needs a website. When you need a website for your voice acting business, there's only one place to go. Like the name says, voiceactorwebsites.com. Their experience in this niche webmaster market gives them the ability to quickly and easily get you from concept to live online in a much shorter time. When you contact voiceactorwebsites.com, their team of experts and designers really get to know you and what your needs are. They work with you to highlight what you do. Then they create an easily navigable website for your potential clients to get the big picture of who you are and how your voice is the one for them. Plus, voiceactorwebsites.com has other great resources like their practice script library and other resources to help your voiceover career flourish. Don't try it yourself. Go with the pros. VoiceActorWebsites.com, where your VO website shouldn't be a pain in the you-know-what. So that wraps up this episode of the VO Meter. Measuring your voiceover progress. So speaking of up-and-coming voice talent, we have a commercial talent named Andrew Landern who is uh, making inroads in the character voice acting realm. So we'll be talking to him in a couple of weeks. But other than that, you'll hear us next time on the VO Meter. Thanks for listening to this episode of the VO Meter. To follow along, visit us at www.vometer.com. We'd also love to hear your comments or suggestions for the show. Or if you have a questionable gear purchase, tell us all about it on our Facebook page or on Twitter at the VO Meter. 